Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And on our little <laughs> practice session we just did a few seconds ago, Will, what did you ask? I was like, well, what's the general gist of it? And then <laughs> she goes, she's missing. Yeah, she's missing. <laughs> Sorry. She's Where missing. is she, Rhonda? That, uh, Florida, Massachusetts. Oh, a small uh, town, hence the name. I know. Oh well, we're out of practice right now, you guys. We only missed one week of recordings. Well, I mean, like you say, we stockpile recordings. Too. Yes, true. But... Uh, we did not have enough stockpiled to deal with COVID. Well, I was like, who? What happened, you guys? Bite me. I was like, listen, I have managed to <laughs> avoid it so far. I, w- I was feeling fine. And then all of a sudden, I was. on Thursday night, uh, about midnight, I felt like crap. I woke up, felt like death itself yeah. had come to claim me, and uh, got up the next morning. I felt a lot better than I did that night. But I was exhausted, massive headache. Oh, I know. And I was I was achy, but it wasn't miserable kind of achy. It was just enough for me to be annoyed. Mm-hmm. Went to the doctor, got tested. I was positive. I know. A few I days didn't... later, mom tested positive. So, well, didn't test positive, no, didn't, but, but mom started assume. having the exact yeah. same symptoms as me. I blame you. And I, I slept. Uh, I would sleep like two hours at a time, wake up for 15 minutes, sleep two hours, 15 minutes. I love that. Sometimes you just need to catch up, you know? Yeah, it was, uh, it was an exhausting moment nevertheless I'm, st- I'm still tired i'm glad y'all are better though. but i am a lot better uh i'm better too i never had all the symptoms thomas had i didn't have the headache yeah i uh, didn't really have the tiredness that he's had you had a worse fever than i did though i did the fever was, i know uh, the low grade fevers like kill people like you know yeah, like, this was i don't know if i'd call this low grade it was 101 yeah, it lasted true. for about two days i had i had 101 whenever i first checked it that friday morning and but by the time i went to the doctor it dropped down to 99 and mm. i hadn't been taking anything but I kind of bounce back from fevers fast. Well, that's good though too. I mean, it didn't you know. break though for a few days. Well, in your I body, you know, that's your body trying to fight it off too. Yeah. So I'm okay but, as long as it's not like, oh, I'm going to have a seizure type of level. Like that, yeah. that's what I'm like. Not, you know, within within the first 24 hours, I felt like I was almost back to normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say I'm about 90 percent back. Can that 90, be y'all's one and done? Please. I hope so. I hope I'm so. Like, well, I mean, you can tell. I mean, here it is two weeks later, and I still have congestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Not Although fun. the weather has not helped anybody down No, here. and no. if you look at the vehicles, you can tell that there's something in the air. Oh, well, uh, my friend or whatever, she uh, texted me a picture, and it was so hot. Uh, I think one of the thermometers that she had on her home or something was malfunctioning, and it was radiating heat, like almost to the point where it was like it set her house on fire. Oh, my gosh. Good Lord. I was right. like, mm. Well, that's, that's the joys of living down south. I know it. All right, y'all ready to start this episode? I'm ready, Let's Rhonda. Do it. Where what is you got she? to say? All right, well, starting off, Lynn Burdick. She was 18 years old when she went missing from Florida, Massachusetts, on April 17th, 1982. I've never so, heard of Florida, Massachusetts. A small town. So 40, 40 years ago this year. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. So she would be 58. Young, still young. Uh, okay, and you're talking about you've never heard of Florida. Florida is a small town in western Massachusetts in the foothills of the Green Mountain Range. And at the time of Burdick's disappearance, Florida, Massachusetts had a population of about 700 people. Oh, wow. And the most recent information I found has a current population at 711. Oh, it hasn't so changed it really much. hasn't changed much at all. And the area is also called the Berkshires. I'm not familiar with it. But no, me neither. 
Well, if you think about it, how scary is that statistic? One out of 700 of your uh, inhabitants has been kidnapped. Isn't that that's kind of a crazy thing? That is kind of a crazy thing, and there will be more as we go through this. Oh, my gosh. Rhonda, what are we uncovering here? uh, Some interesting stuff. I mean, it may or may not be related to Lynn's disappearance. Mm -hmm. But it's close enough to make things uncomfortable? It is. I mean, there's a a gap of years, a few years. So, like I said, I'm not sure that it really could be considered part of her disappearance but it's just really unusual well uh, creepy thought in tv shows they always say the most dangerous serial killers are the ones that go cold for a little while well i mean and that's like renowned like serial killers do that often but also they'll take breaks like they'll get their prey kind of fix that little urge they have for a few months to a couple of years and they'll strike again just so they don't get caught They'll do, yeah, yeah. They'll just take a break and be extra creepy about it. Well, the thing is, though, is like Rhonda's saying, and what you're saying is that you know, I mean, especially if it's in a town that with a population of 700 and what 11 now, it's more common or it's easier for me to think of a serial killer or somebody like that because I mean, what are the odds that all the people shouldn't be going missing like this in this town of 711 people? That just it shouldn't happen. Yeah, you would. You would. Yeah, it's a small town. You mm-hmm. wouldn't think, you know, it would be like Mayberry. Thomas is always teasing me about Mayberry and how I think of our small town. <laughs> I, I have never said that. I'm not the one who said that. That was oh, your who, brother. Oh. oh. I thought it was you. No. <laughs> no. That was your brother. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's move <laughs> on. Let's, let's move on with the story. So Lynn was a busy young woman. She lived with her parents, and she had three siblings, and they lived on the family farm. And while helping on the farm, she also helped take care of her chronically ill mother, and I'm not sure what the illness was, but mm-hmm. it was in uh, the information I found. It was just stated chronically ill mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also a senior at Mc- McCann, M-C-C-A-N-N, McCann, I believe, mm-hmm. Vocational Technical High School. And according to NBCNews.com, Lynn also volunteered for muscular dystrophy in cerebral palsy charity events. Bless her heart. Yeah, and that's because Lynn's best friend had muscular dystrophy and a family member had cerebral palsy. And she also worked at the Barefoot Peddler, which was a convenience store owned by Lynn's cousin, Gary Burdick, and his wife, Sue. She's busy. I'm telling you, she's a busy girl. I said, busy young woman. She's got all kinds of things going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lynn had turned 18 just two months before in February. Prior to that, she wasn't allowed to work alone because he wasn't old enough to sell beer or cigarettes, which... The barefoot peddler stopped. Oh, okay. And like you know, that is a good question. I don't know how old do you have to be. It's different now, I guess. Well, it de- depends on what you're doing. If you're the one selling it, I don't remember what the age has to be. I know we have miners at the store I work at that you know can sell it. Uh, yeah, but it's it's under the branch of something else. It's, yeah, it's true. through. Uh, I I guess it's different than working at a bar and like, selling yeah, it. Yeah, I think the the license is a different kind of thing. Like yeah. it's retail. Is how we have it. So someone younger can do it, but I think they have to be 16 to 18 mm. to do it, I think. Well, I, I love the fact that they're not making this 17, 18 year old girl work by herself and, like, you know, be. I like that. that. That's one thing I do like about this story so far. So far. And the only thing I'm sure I'll like about this story. Yeah. And again, according to NBCnews.com, this was an article by Kayani Reed. From April 24th, 2022, Lynn's sister, Faye Martin, said April 17th was the first time Lynn would be working alone. Oh, so there of you go, course. Will. Of course. Yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, Lynn's 
friend Teresa or one of her cousins would work with her. And that when I say cousins, it would be one of the shop owners would work with her just so she wasn't by herself. But that night, Teresa had another commitment and her uh, cousin was actually taking care of a sick child. Mm -hmm. So that's why Lynn was by herself. Now, Sue, the cousin, uh, our co-owner of the Barefoot Peddler, called Lynn at 830 that night. And Lynn said, you know, it's been a slow night, not a lot going on. But during the conversation, a uh, customer walked in, and that, Sue knew that because she heard the bell go off oh, yeah, on the door. Oh, yeah, Yeah, when someone opened the door. And Lynn said that she would uh, have to let Sue go so she could take care of the customer, and she'd call her back when she closed the store at 9 o'clock. So only an hour later. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, she's really close to you know, like it, it being the time for her to go. Like 8.30, yeah. you said, or so? Uh, 8 o'clock. Okay. 8 o'clock when 8 Sue called. So she had like an hour or so. Yeah. And at 8.30, Lynn's mother called the store, but she didn't get an answer. Now, she wasn't exactly concerned because she thought, well, Lynn's taking care of a customer. But at 8.40, a customer who knew the Burdick family entered the store and found nobody there. Mm. So he immediately called the family, let them know that there was no one in the store, basically abandoned. And the family immediately turned around and contacted the police. I'm glad they did. I mean, it's scary. That that shouldn't happen. I mean, I'm glad they kind of had the, you know, alarm bells ringing. Yeah, that's significantly different than most of these stories where people were kind of like, oh, well, maybe they're off doing something. Yeah, or um, like they're in the back call, and the Call cooler. the cops like right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's not the case. Oh, yeah. Point. Like there's been stories, you know, I've heard on like, you know, other podcasts and stuff like that where, you know, cashiers or whatever, it, it, especially gas stations, um, have been like abducted at gunpoint and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I mean, it's a very easy thing to do. And it's, I mean, I'm sure it happens a lot more often than we hear about. Uh, probably. It probably does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe now it's a little bit better because of cameras and stuff, but who's to say? I don't know. It, it might not be. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I couldn't say. Well, it'd be interesting to know what kind of statistics there mm-hmm. are out there. You know, like from the 1970s till now. Yeah. But of course, then you have more stores and more workers, and so. When well, sure the 70s too, it was a lot cooler. It was easier for people to be like, oh, you know, I'm, I mean, I think you got everyone in the 70s were kind of like, oh, everybody's chill, everybody's cool, like you know. <laughs> although, I mean, she, we've covered a lot of cases from the 70s that <laughs> disprove we that. Have. I think. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the police arrive. They don't find signs of a struggle. And uh, Lynn had actually left a book and a half-empty can of uh, Coke. I say Coke because that's what we say down here. But the pop. soda or pop, <laughs> whatever you want to say, uh, on the counter. And but her school jacket and her purse were gone along with money in the register. So oh, they wiped okay. the register out. And uh, police assumed she wasn't a runaway and had been abducted. Yeah. So they didn't, the parents or the family didn't have that to contend with, oh, she could have run away, which we no. hear that quite often. It doesn't sound like she we would We hear have. that a lot we do. on this show. Yeah, runaways. I'm like, you know, I, I said, guys, like, a, a lot of the times, like, I can see some people, like, wanting to run away. But some of these, like, kids who have a lot of stuff going on and stuff like that in their life, they're in high school, they're in, like, the prime of their life, you know, good relationship with their family, like, they're busy at school. You know, I don't know. I don't see her as a person that would run away, for sure. So I'm glad they didn't think that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I wouldn't think so either. She had apparently friends. She had a lot of stuff going on with school mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, extracurricular stuff, I guess. So, yeah, I'm glad they didn't think that. <clears throat> now, at 7 p.m. that night, a man had tried to abduct a girl from Williams College campus near Florida. And he had tried to force the girl into his vehicle, but she had been able to escape. Mm, good. A police officer thought he saw the alleged suspect's vehicle traveling towards Florida shortly after the incident occurred. Mm. Now, this was along Route 2, and the Barefoot Peddler is also along Route 2. Oh, no. And so, I mean, he could have picked anywhere, and he picked there. Yeah, possibly. It sounds like it. That's, you know, maybe circumstantial, but possible. Mm -hmm. It it makes it more likely that that that's what happened, but 
there's not enough evidence to say for sure. Yeah. 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 Now, according to Faye, the search for Burdick went on for about three weeks. Uh, even her Lynn's brother assisted in the search, checking some of the empty camps on the mountain, but no trace was found. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine how rural it it well it sounds to us anyway. Very yeah, rural. It, yeah, it makes me wonder. Like the layout, I would love to see the layout of this town, and I'm sure it'd be very. You know, here's our little downtown area, and you, you know, you you blink and you miss it. You know, I'm it's sure a, it was that kind a of block. Thing. Yeah, yeah, a block, it maybe, and then it takes two mm-hmm. seconds to get through the town. Yeah, yeah. Now, in 1995, Lynn's father received an anonymous letter with information that she had been abducted and murdered by a man in North Adams, Massachusetts. Now, North Adams is about 14 miles from Florida, Florida, so, Massachusetts. Yeah, so within the like driving distance, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, police knew the person named in the letter, and they conducted interviews, but no evidence was ever found. And the letter's uh, uh, author was never identified, and police didn't know if it was legitimate or a hoax. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know how, of course, this was 1995, you would think, and again, I don't know, DNA, everybody's DNA would have to be on file to make this work. Yeah, But true. could they have found some kind of DNA on the letter and then traced it back to someone? I don't know, but interesting. Only if there was a record of them. Yeah, true. true. I mean, they'd have to be like fingerprints. They're not going to find anything about fingerprints unless someone's been printed before. That's true. I think um, with that, too, I mean, like you said, I mean, DNA, even in the 90s, was like maybe in its infancy. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, maybe unless they did a swab or of like maybe the uh, the letter or something like that. Who's to say? I mean, maybe they, you know, sometimes they'll do swabs and then they'll set them aside for use at a future time. So who's to say? Maybe there's, you know, hopefully there is something out there that they could run. Maybe. Maybe they could find it find this person whoever wrote this and has this information or maybe something a little more concrete yeah. evidence than just like circumstantial stuff or yeah. alleged stuff yeah but uh, and also in the NBC news article the Berkshire district attorney's office has recently hired a special investigator to put some fresh eyes on all the unsolved homicides yeah which so. uh, do do you know for sure if they're considering hers i guess since the letter said it was a possible murder do you know if they're considering it a murder at this point or is she still considered kind of like a missing person uh you know i think she may still be considered a missing person i don't know that she was ever declared legally dead honestly mm-hmm. so i think she's still being looked at as a missing person or uh, I can't find anything otherwise. Nobody's actually come out to say. Uh, uh, but my guess is the assumption would be that she's... She's pat, Yeah. yeah, like, she's, yeah. Been not, she's been murdered. Okay. So, uh, according to the uh, Berkshire Eagle article from May 5th, 2021 by Larry Par- Parnas, Burdick is remembered every year at the Lynn Burdick Memorial Award, which is given out at the McCann Technical School. Oh, I love that. Uh, also, May of 2021, Lynn's niece debbie divine who was a toddler when burdick disappeared organized a gofundme page for billboards to be placed in north adams and pittsfield and uh, i think i've got this somewhere farther into the article but mm-hmm. pittsfield i believe is another small town town fairly close and the goal was actually reached and the billboards were put up and oh, that's, that's something so cool. that we can put whenever we post this site maybe some pictures of the billboard oh that'd yeah, be cool that'd be nice okay that'd be awesome and uh, debbie also runs the facebook page finding lynn burdick well, I just hope that, that is so terrible too, because like you're like you're saying, I mean, there's so many people out there who are, you know, possibly like if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I'm just like, it just seems like that may have been something that she would have been her. I mean, if if she's at the gas station and that guy just happens to go down that way and pulls yeah. off on Route Two, yeah, I'm like that's so crazy. I mean, like her whole life was changed because of that one thing. I hate yeah. that. Yeah, and just you know, we were talking about 
homicides, addition, you know, more homicides, yeah. checking it out. Yes. Okay, I found an article in CBSNews.com from November 16th, uh, 2021. Kim Benoit's body was found by hunters on the east side of River Road in Florida on November 16th, 1974. Okay, so how long is this after? Okay, so this would be, I guess, eight years because Lynn disappeared in 1982. So that's what I was saying, Thomas. It may or may not be somehow connected because it's been several years. But but you never know. But I mean, it, like, yeah. Well, it sounds like the guy they are suspicious of was a traveler, a wanderer. Like a tra- exactly. transient type of yeah, person? Yeah, well, not necessarily transient, but what I mean is, like, he was... He wasn't attacking in a town he was in. He was attacking along a path. Yeah, along a certain so path. So it almost sounds, it makes it less likely unless it's someone who would go and travel like every few years yeah. and would hit people along this path. Well, no, I don't know because the person they thought may have done it was actually tried to grab a girl from a college. So it's not like it was at a gas station or something like oh, that, like they, Will has mentioned. Yeah, so it wasn't like. Yeah, okay. I mean, the, a college is like you have to go into the campus yeah, and, you yeah. know, stuff like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm it might have been a crime of opportunity. Who's to say? Yeah, but, it could have uh, been. I would think you were looking yeah. for someone or maybe you were attending the college. Yeah, the yeah. Same, but now that makes it seem even less likely to me because if you're targeting someone at a college, that means that you're, you've are you followed them into this point. You are looking for them. Like particularly. So, usually, unless they find someone that fits their criteria, they're – uh, their type, it's unlikely that they're going to just, oh, well, I was here five minutes ago, got yeah. scared off, and I'm going to hit this one next. It's true. I mean, but I mean, like, so, who's to say? I mean, we, we yeah. don't know how they operate. Some people yeah. operate differently for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kim was also 18 years old. Oh, so yeah. So 18. I wonder if she looked like any yeah, you know, similar. Makes similar. me wonder how the, how similar they looked. Yeah. If yeah, they I don't did know. look I similar. I probably should have done some more research on that. And also, we don't. I'm not sure if they know where she was abducted from. They probably have where she was last seen, but I don't have that in my notes. Now, she when she was found, she had been strangled and had blunt force trauma to the mm. head. Mm. <clears throat> the DA's office and Kim's family have offered a combined fifteen thousand dollar reward for information on the case, and I haven't found anything any more recent on on that case. Well, that's a, but like you said, we were talking about. I mean, the this population of Florida, Massachusetts, has literally what, 700-ish people that live yeah. there? So, I mean, having murders in this place, it shouldn't be like, oh, you know, I have a murder. Every-. Like, you would think that that would be so few and far between. But eight years really isn't it. You know, I know that, yeah. that is a big time, I guess, like a time gap, but it's yeah. it's not big enough for me. I wish there, I wish that number was zero. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Okay. I'm sure everybody does. Cynthia Kreisick's body was found by a hunter October 30th, 1976. She was 17 years old. Rhonda. She had been on her way to Williams College in Williamstown on October 7th. And she had, when she was found, she had also been strangled and had blunt force trauma to the head. Mm. This is, yeah, this sounds like a very similar MO for sure. Yeah. Yep. And to continue on, from 1986 AP News article I found by Laura Wilkinson, the police of Hinesdale, H-I-N-S-D-A-L-E, Massachusetts, uh, started finding people for hitchhiking after 22-year-old Paula Marie Snyder was found gagged with two shots to the head oh on God. March 28th in the woods of Jesus. Windsor, W-I-N-S-O-R, Windsor, mm-hmm. I guess, Windsor. Windsor, 
Uh, she was last seen March 9th getting into a car on the highway, and it wasn't unusual for her to hitchhike from her home in Pittsfield to the nursing home where she worked. Of yeah, course. what is it with people and hitchhiking back in the day? Well, if, you, if that's the way you had to go, I guess it's just what you did what you had to do to yeah, get to work. I, I guess, you know, maybe small town feel. And they, here's just a, a few of the notes I do have. Checking the miles between these towns, it's about 30 miles from Hinsdale to Florida and about 14 miles from Williamstown to Florida. Williamstown is where the college is. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And these towns are, I would say, small. Williamstown has a population of 7,500. Hinsdale, uh, 1,900. Pittsfield is the largest uh, that we have in this this episode, and it has a population of 44,000. Well, it's still small, Mm. though, I feel like, you know? Yeah. And, you know, reading this, now I'm not even going to mention the name of the series, but it was many, many years ago, and it was about like a a wooded the beginning of it showed like this wooded type area mountainous type area when it's know what you're talking about yeah and i get that same kind of vibe whenever reading about this it's yeah. like that's just what i think of you know trees mountains and small communities that are miles apart and maybe not a lot of uh, homes in between yeah like where you drive down the road yeah. and every two or three miles you see another home may, that may not be the case yeah. i'm speculating i don't know the area yeah, but, but that's what, what i just kind of you think of whenever you hear about this that's what yeah that's what i mentally yeah. see whenever i was reading on this yeah. were, were these all connected via the same like road pretty much or whatever i mean i guess you could get there in between each one like you know route two was one of the roads we talked about what does route two go through all these locations that you know of? you know i looked at that and i don't think it does oh, okay. i don't think they're on a straight line with it i think they're like one is one town maybe north and no, one town okay. off to the east but and still one more south close and, like close and you know maybe it's one of those things if they triangulated the locations or something like that the perpetrator could be somewhere in that little center area or something like that you know i don't see why not but it, it's weird that's that's very odd and like you said i i think that um especially crimes that are very similar in how the person died and the victim died that, that's that's odd i mean that's and especially because they're not that far apart right uh, yeah like i said these are small towns not a big population and when you think about the numbers the percentage of people that's just kind of odd that's very odd and these you know this is just stuff that i just started researching i did find an article where it can tried to connect these three Kim, Cynthia, and Lynn together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that they successfully did it, like I said, because of the the time frame. But uh, and of course, the bodies were found, and they don't. I don't know that they were that far off the path because hunters found these. And like in the case of Cynthia, uh, she'd been missing for maybe two weeks or so. And let's see, in and about the same with uh, Kim, she'd been missing for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So you know, the hunter a hunter found both yeah. in those cases. So I'm not sure how far off the beaten path those were mm-hmm. but lynn you know obviously nothing no evidence at all yeah as far i as always think connected. though that like if they if they're connecting these cases and stuff there's probably some information that we're not privy to that maybe yeah. make them made them a lot more similar than we think that they they are you know True. they're not going to give away everything but i mean we're hearing about these these cases in the same article so maybe maybe there is you know some stuff that that's linking them here. possibly uh, possibly um now, Charlie's project has pictures of Lynn and has a sketch of a possible suspect. I assume it's the guy who tried to abduct the girl on the same night as Lynn's yeah. disappearance. Hmm. So, yeah, you can find that out on Charlie Project. Uh, Lynn is Caucasian with brown hair, blue eyes. And at the time of her disappearance, she was wearing her McCain or McCann vocational tech high school ring, which had a blue stone in it, and possibly her uh, McCann technical vocational high school jacket. 
Mm. So those were missing from the um, from the barefoot peddler whenever they went to yeah went to go see yeah, everything and investigate. investigated yeah okay so that's what I have Rhonda very that is interesting. so interesting right. it is small town that's scary. very yeah. small town and very scar- scarily similar kind of cases here yeah yeah but all right guys thank you so much for listening uh, yeah share with your friends uh, if you have any information we'll put places for you to reach out and add anything or if uh, actually I do have the I'm just gonna put it in the show notes but I do have it here uh, if you do have any information and maybe after all these years somebody would come forward uh, you can contact the Berkshire State Police Detective Unit 413-499-1112 oh okay okay and, and maybe we won't notes. have uh, any more uh, COVID scares yeah. <laughs> I hope not let's not deal with that again I get past this <laughs> yeah but alright thank you guys so much and catch you next time bye bye